the morning, St. Michael's, please stand. Lord, we are so grateful to come into your presence today, Lord. We lift up our songs of praise to you this morning. God, would you just fill this place? the king of my heart be the mountain where I run the fountain I drink from oh he is my song let the king of my heart be the shadow where I hide the ransom for my life oh he is my song you are good you 
Blessed be God, Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Blessed be His kingdom, now and forever. Amen. Almighty God, you all hearts are open, all desires known, and from you no secrets are hid. Cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. Amen is this. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. Second is this. Love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. As we prepare to celebrate the mystery of Christ's love, let us acknowledge our sins and ask the Lord for pardon and strength. Please kneel. Most merciful God, I confess that I have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed by what I have done and by what I have left undone. I have not loved you with my whole heart. I have not loved my neighbors as myself. I am truly sorry, and I humbly repent. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on me and forgive me, that I may delight in your will and walk in your ways, to the glory of your holy name. Amen. The Almighty and merciful Lord grant you absolution remission of all your sins, true repentance, amendment of life, and the grace and consolation of his Holy Spirit. Lord, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. <coughs> Lord, have mercy. <clears throat> Glory to God on high, on earth peace, goodwill towards men. We praise Thee, we bless Thee, we worship Thee, we glorify Thee. We give thanks to Thee for Thy great glory. O Lord God, heavenly King, God the Father Almighty, O Lord, the only begotten Son, Jesus Christ. O Lord God, Lamb of God, Son of the Father, that takest away the sins of the world, have mercy upon us. Thou that takest away the sins of the world, receive our prayer. Thou that sittest at the right hand of God the Father, have mercy upon us. Thou only art holy. Thou only art the Lord. Thou only, O Christ, with the Holy Ghost, art most high in the glory of God the Father. Amen.
kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven for the sanctity of all human life. You have said that your kingdom is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. Where there is unrighteousness, let righteousness come to bear. Where there is hostility, cause your peace to reign supreme. And where there is sorrow, bring joy in the hearts of people. Lead us into your unshakable and everlasting kingdom, in which you reign forever and ever, that truly the kingdoms of this world will become the kingdoms of our God. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. You may be seated. <clears throat> Our first reading this morning is from Jeremiah 31, beginning in verse 10. Hear the word of the Lord, O nations, and declare it in the isles afar off, and say, 
He who scattered Israel will gather him and keep him as a shepherd does his flock. For the Lord has redeemed Jacob and ransomed him from the hand of one stronger than he. Therefore that shall come and sing in the height of Zion, streaming to the goodness of the Lord. For wheat and new wine and oil, for the young of the flock and the herd, their souls shall be like a well-watered garden, and they shall sorrow no more at all. Then shall the virgin rejoice in the dance, and the young men and the old together, for I will turn their mourning into joy, will comfort them and make them rejoice rather than sorrow. I will satiate the soul of the priests with abundance, and my people shall be satisfied with my goodness, says the Lord. Thus says the Lord, a voice was heard in Ramah, lamentation and bitter weeping, Rachel weeping for her children, refusing to be comforted for her children, because they are no more. Thus says the Lord, refrain your voice from weeping and your eyes from tears, for your work shall be rewarded, says the Lord, and they shall come back from the land of the enemy. There is hope in your future, says the Lord, that your children shall come back to their own border. The word of the Lord. This morning is Psalm, Psalm is Psalm 10. We'll read it responding by the asterisk. Why do you stand afar off, O Lord? Why do you hide in times of trouble? The wicked in his pride persecutes the poor. Let them be caught in the plots which they have devised. For the wicked boasts of his heart's desire. He blesses the greedy and renounces the Lord. He sits in the lurking places of the villages. In the secret places he murders the innocent. His eyes are secretly fixed on the helpless. He lies in wait secretly as a lion in his den. He lies in wait to catch the poor. He catches the poor and he draws them into his net. Lord, you have heard the desire of the humble. You will prepare their hearts. You will cause your ears to hear. To do justice to the fatherless and the oppressed. The man of the earth may oppress no more. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit. This morning's second reading comes from 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 19, commencing. If in this life only we have hope in Christ, we are of all men the most pitiable. But now Christ is risen from the dead and has become the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. For since by man came death, by man also came the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all die, even so in Christ all shall be made alive. But each one in his own order, Christ the firstfruits. Afterward, those who are Christ at his coming. Then comes the end 
when he delivers the kingdom to God the Father, when he puts an end to all rule and all authority and power. For he must reign till he has put all enemies under his feet. The last enemy that will be destroyed is death. The word of the Lord. The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to St. Matthew. Glory be to thee, O Lord. St. Matthew chapter 18, beginning at verse 1. At that time, the disciples came to Jesus, saying, Who then is greatest in the kingdom of heaven? Then Jesus called a little child to him, set him in the midst of them, and said, Assuredly, I say to you, unless you are converted... And become as little children. You will by no means enter the kingdom of heaven. Therefore, whoever humbles himself as this little child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Whoever receives one little child like this in my name receives me. The gospel of our Lord. Praise be to thee, Lord Christ. Well, good morning. You may be seated. The uh, gospel message this morning is uh, one of the pugnant messages in Scripture, and it's designed to teach us a great deal about what God is looking for in us as individuals and as uh, brothers and sisters as well. The uh, passage in Matthew 18, verse 1 says, At that time the disciples came to Jesus, saying, Who then is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? It's amazing, uh, as you're going to see it, we go through this a little bit, how each one was so hand-selected by the Lord himself, and yet each one will demonstrate for you some pretty natural flaws. So here they are, these uh, special people, special only in that this this God-man has selected them as his disciples, and yet their big dilemma is all about them. And perhaps that's the greatest trap we all face. Over and over, the enemy will throw that at you during your life, trying to get you off base and off the the, the basic uh, creation experience that you were created for. It says that Jesus... This is a Sanctity of Life Sunday, and so we're going to emphasize 
particularly our movement in the CEC to to honor all life, born and unborn. But uh, it says in Scripture that God knew us uh, before the beginning of the world. Another place is that He knew us in our mother's womb. <laughs> if, you, if you want a reason why not to murder innocent unborn babies, why don't we start there? But let's not get off our track this morning. But the trap is always we're born, and no sooner are we uh, hatched, <laughs> then we notice that everybody's showing us a lot of attention. And so we immediately recognize we must be very special. And uh, then something happens, and uh, we uh, need a little assistance, and so we cry. <laughs> I'm all wet. <laughs> and at least one, but probably several mothers, uh, fathers, aunts, uncles, cousins, friends, run over to help us because we're so special. Anyway, you go through a life experience like this, and it's no wonder that we end up, even as mature adults, even as Christian people, having a little problem to uh, understanding the, the, the pecking order, and, and etc. But keep in mind, as we look at this important passage, it, how much it reveals about how Jesus wants to relate with us. It's a very simple passage, but nevertheless, it's an it's a absolute goldmine. It means that he wants a relationship with each of us. And he wants to determine how it all acts out. All these men he handpicks. Listen, the following day Jesus wanted to go to Galilee, and he found Philip and said to him, Hey, follow me. Now, Philip was from Bethsaida, the city of Andrew and Peter. Philip found Nathanael and says to him, Hey, we found him of whom Moses in the law and also the prophets spoke. Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. And Nathanael said to him, Can anything good come from Nazareth? Really? Philip said to him, Come and see. Now, you're going to see in a moment that Jesus, when Nathaniel approaches him, and he, he knows, look, let's, let's see what happens. Jesus saw Nathaniel coming to him, and he said, Behold, an Israelite indeed, in whom is no deceit. Now, Jesus knows the flaws of Nathaniel, and he looks past them as he saw what he was looking for. This is the guy who just said, can anything go? And to, to follow the passage more closely, you'll see that uh, Jesus doesn't blink when Nathaniel makes the statement he makes. And here's the statement. He's not the least phase when he says, how do you know him? 
Nathanael says to him, how do you know me? And Jesus answered and said, before Philip called you, when you were under the fig tree, I saw you. And he demonstrates that there is something radically different about this man. So, the point I want you to see is that I, how would you have reacted? Oh, who's this guy? What good can come from Nazareth? How would you react? I'd like to think I was took a noble approach like that, but everybody that knows me knows I go off pretty quick. <laughs> and some of you do too. And maybe, you know, rightfully so. What a, what a thing to say. But what I want you to see this morning is it's not about what a tremendous God-man Jesus is. I think we all know that by now. But what I want you to see is he knows all your crap. And he doesn't care. I mean, I would have, I would have made an example, Nathaniel. I would have got this face done some. But it doesn't, because what instead of looking at Nathaniel and who immediately reinforces Jesus' understanding of the problems he has, Jesus looks right past those problems because he wants to get to Nathaniel, who is this potential work that he can mold into somebody great and mighty in the kingdom. Nathaniel says, how do you know me? Jesus said, before Philip even called you, when you're under that fig tree down there, he goes, I saw you. Now that I saw you demonstrates a spiritual reality of a supernatural thing. I mean, he saw a lot of people, but something occurred within the Trinity that pointed to Philip and demonstrated that Philip is a potential person that will fulfill a purpose in your life and in the life of the kingdom. So go all the other people go after him. And immediately the guy comes up with the wrong attitude. But that doesn't stop God. Because God's patient with you. More patient than we often are with each other. Jesus, looking at this individual and this context and situation, confidently knowing that he can change us. He can change Nathaniel. Well, that's not like a big deal. Come on. God takes us the way we are. He isn't interested in waiting till you're just right. You know, so many people are duped, duped by the enemy. We tend to be lazy anyway, so it doesn't take much 
Well, the enemy comes and says, oh, no, 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 you're not ready yet. You're not ready yet. Don't don't try and serve the Lord. It's not quite time. You know, come and be involved. Be, be a, a watcher. Be a good looker. Listener. Be a good, good listener. Take a lot of notes. And really work on yourself. Because there will be a day where you'll be good enough. See, that's totally inconsistent with everything we're learning about the individual, the God-man Jesus in this passage. That's in the way he works at all. God takes us just as we are. He isn't interested in waiting at all. He wants you now. He needs our help now. The harvest is plentiful, he said. It's the workers who are too few. Whether you see yourself as a harvester or you see yourself as part of the harvest isn't so important. Important. What I can absolutely assure you is the time is now. I know that you know that. Maybe not so much as the harvester, but certainly you are the harvester. But the the need is great. And God wants to begin converting us more and more to harvesters, to gatherers. And so he teaches throughout his Gospels the, the key principles that hold us back. And today that's the one we're looking at. Oh, I'm not good enough. I'm not prepared. I'm not quite ready. Oh, I've got some significant flaws. I'm working on. I'm working on them. No, what I want you to see this morning is the time is now. Then it says Jesus calls a small child over to him. <clears throat> we know from other passages that that's annoying. We're all trying to get in for his series of lectures, and he's inviting kids that only understands the words he used. No, it's even much worse than that here. But he, he calls a small child, and he sets him in the midst of him, and he said, assuredly. Now that means you can take this to the bank. This is absolutely a fact of the universe. I say to you, unless you were converted and become as little children, there's no point in us going on with this conversation because you'll never make it and you'll never get there. Assuredly, I say to you, unless you are converted and become as little children, you will by no means, say that with me, no means, enter the kingdom of heaven. That should be the phrase that gets our attention. Whoa, whoa. Whoa, wait a minute. Let's back up and read this a little more closely. 
Because we don't want to miss that train. It's an alarming statement. But apparently Jesus wants some of the characteristics that he finds in children to remain in followers always. The Lord now specifically calls out that that's in children he desires. He says, therefore, whoever humbles himself as this little child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. So you've got 20 people. Who's the greatest? Number five, number 20, number one. Number one. Number one's the greatest. Number worst is 20. Well, we just got to starting this whole conversation about how you continually put yourself as number one. It's the nature of man. But what you don't see is apparently God wants you number one too. But there's a price you pay. It involves a relationship-building journey with God himself. And whatever you don't have, he brings. I understand it really clear. I don't understand why you don't. The only thing I don't get is how we can all end up number one. (laughs) But we do. We do. Have you ever concluded anything else, Father Victor? (laughs) How that works, I don't get it. But I know it's true. And that is so amazing and so mighty. And maybe we ought to think when we're interacting with others, hey, I need to be nicer to them. They're they're also number one. The NIV reads, unless you change. Ooh. Ooh. Ooh, here comes that pain again. Every time I think about change, I think of the gym. No pain, no gain. Unless you change and become like little children, you'll never enter the kingdom of heaven. What in the world? You're saying, what in the world is he talking about? What in the world could he possibly mean? Therefore, whoever takes the lowly position of this child is the greatest, not will be, is the greatest right now. When you enter into that attitude, you rest in that place. Whoever welcomes one such child in my name welcomes me. Whoever takes this lowly position of this child is the greatest in the kingdom. And one that welcomes such child in my name welcomes me. Well, that's an astounding opportunity, I believe. It's a wonderful promise to us, from the smallest to to the largest, 
from the youngest to the oldest here. It's a promise for all of us to hang on to and to use as we build our lives in in, in conformity and in uh, a joint effort with God himself. And it turns out it's perfectly in line with his overall teaching that when we enter the kingdom, we'll soon find that the first, as we understand it, are the last. And the last in our world context are tops in the kingdom of God. What a wonderful promise. Because even though we often see ourselves as the first, the inner man so assuredly knows, and that's where that guilt that the enemy constantly attacks us with, knows that the inner man thinks he's the least. So what Jesus is constantly trying to do is build us up, not bring us down to reality. He's continually trying to build us up, build us up. That's uh, <clears throat> that's the wonderful thing about Father House and his teaching and preaching. It's always the same. My my family, my kids love it because he's always reminding us of this that what God's trying to do and what we need to help God as His helpers with each other is to build us up, build us up. Last thing we need, particularly in this world we're in, where we're being persecuted by every known group, person, we need to be built up and we need to realize that we're somebody. We're num- Everyone's a number one. And we need to rest in that. We need to be comforted in that. Jesus is the first of many brethren, it says. What's that mean? What's that mean, Stephen? There's millions upon millions of people, but it says that he's number one of all those. Even though he took the lowliest place in the millions and millions. It says God exalted him for that very fact that he did that. Philippians chapter 1. That God took the last and he demonstrated for us, where is Jesus now? Seated. Seated is what you get to do when you're done. He's seated comfortably at the right hand of the Father. Because he finished it, and he said, it's finished. And all we have to do is walk behind, walk it out, because it's already done. He finished it. Walking in it. He goes from the worst place in human experience, taking on the sins of the whole world. He's crucified, darn dead. And yet, God takes him from there and immediately places him 
Number one, seated right next to God the Father in heavenly places. This week, I'm asking that we examine where we are in relationship with the Lord. Where's our station? Jesus, we know he's sitting right there at the right hand of the Father. Scripture tells us so clearly. And we're acknowledging that this whole context should never be focused on us, but on others God has given us, put into our lives to touch for Jesus. Well, I want you to ask to stretch your vision even farther than that this morning, way out. Because this is the Sunday we talk about the sanctity of human life, unborn as well as born. These are people you never met. These are people who can't even cry out for themselves. They have no union. No, all they have is spokesmen. We have to stand for them. And it's very difficult without first hurting for them. One of the great leaders in the pro-life movement used to used to carry around this uh, unborn baby that had been aborted. And they like to grind him up so we can't see him, but he got his hands on one, and it was a, it was a, a despicable, ugly, terrible sight. But I'll tell you what, it was effective. The few of us that saw that, remember Jim? Changed our life forever. Who speaks for them? You know, you have a tendency when you... when you renew yourself inside with a message like this about reaching out to others and, and, and serving others instead of others. But you, it's so difficult for us to remember these millions of unborn people. They'll never experience the light of Christ, let alone the light that Christ created. So I want to ask you to remember them. We have a uh, special organization within our international community. It's called uh, CC for Life. Uh, We have a called anointed priest who leads that and goes all over the world, raising up uh, mostly our children to be great battlers and to go out and to... uh, to demonstrate and try stopping this horrible practice that's throughout the world. But like everything else, it takes money to have these conferences and teach these people and to transport them and to, for, uh, to send uh, Father Terry 
You had a big church, probably one of our more successful churches in uh, Birmingham, Alabama, and he gave that up. He couldn't do them both. And and I remember what, 15 years ago, Jim was there in the House of Bishops. The patriarch told him, you've got to go, and you've got to get the word of the Lord. It's one or the other. You can't do them both. It'll kill you. And he gave up his church, which you can't imagine how difficult that is. And he's dedicated his life to this, uh, the volunteer army, us. Um, Normally, this time of year, I'm in San Francisco with a group of mostly our young people. And we go out into the streets and demonstrate to a lost world what they're doing and how ungodly and wrong it is. But this year with the COVID, we uh, we couldn't muster the crowd. There was a movement to try and do it, even though the city of San Francisco forbid it, and they didn't issue us a permit. Still a group of people, though, that was going to go up there and face whatever we'd face. But just uh, it, it wasn't the Lord this time. It's just an, an off year. But we'll be back there again probably next year. I'm sure a lot of you will be with me. So please, we know that his kingdom should never put children in danger, including the unborn. Please give to this cause those who can't be heard yet cry out for the same opportunity you had, life. Jesus wishes for the life and life abundantly for each of them, just as he does for you. Heavenly Father, we pray right now for those children. We pray, Lord, that in every way possible you protect them. We pray that you cause the burden to fall upon more and more of your people, that they might intercede for them. We pray that you raise up godly leaders in our legislatures, We pray for more pro-life presidents. Lord, they took the one that was in office and throwing him out. And the new man has only interested in pro-choice. We pray, Lord, that you speak to every father and every mother and that you teach them as God Almighty the importance of children in their lawful place. And Lord, that we get a clearer and clearer vision of what sanctity of life means. Not in our economy, but in the kingdom economy. In Jesus' name, amen. Please stand.
We're going to continue with the prayers of the people. Let us pray for the church of the world. Father, we pray for your holy Catholic Church, that we all may be one. Grant that every member of the church may truly and humbly serve you. We pray for all bishops, priests, and deacons. We pray for all who govern and hold authority in the nations of the world. Give us grace to do your will in all that we undertake. Have compassion on those who suffer from any grief or trouble. Give to the departed eternal rest. We praise you for your saints who have entered into joy. Spirit, amen. amen. The peace of the Lord be always with you. With your spirit. Turn and greet your neighbor with the peace. Lord be with you. Here's the card. You know what to do. If you don't have one, get one. Uh, I think you can drop that in the offering bag. Should I read yours out, Father Ed? <laughs> Just want to encourage everybody there. Find the card, fill it out. Thank you for that. Men, men of St. Michael's, Saturday, 10 o'clock, meet you here. Catechism. If you're going to be 13 by Easter and you want to be confirmed this year, then you got to see me or Father Ed, and we're going to start a week from Wednesday. So you want to reach out to me, call me, text me, you know where to find me. That's it. Anything else? Yeah, you don't have to be a child. Be an adult and go to this class. Yeah, it, that's a minimum age, not a maximum age. <laughs> St. Michael's on the checks, Bishop, or CEC for life on the checks? don't think it matters. Uh, it doesn't. You do it either way. Just make either sure you way. put in your memo line if it's to us, and then we just put it all together and send it to him. So Either way, if you make the check to St. Michael's, put in your memo, CEC for life. Good? Good. As we prepare to receive the body and blood of Christ in the Eucharist, let us respond to God's word by engaging with him in musical worship and presenting to God our tithes and offerings out of that which God has given to us. Together, through Christ, let us continually offer to God the sacrifice of praise that is the fruit of lips that acknowledge his name. But do not neglect to do good and to share what you have for such sacrifices are pleasing to God.
Tremendous uh, pandemic we're in the midst of with the uh, COVID. 
dear friend of mine, uh, one of my priests, uh, Father Majeski, lost his brother yesterday to COVID. And I'm sure that we're going to uh, all experience family, friends, other people who either succumb to it or have to go through the terrible ordeal of fighting and all. You want to keep that in your prayers. This is it's what the church does and what a what an automatic that response should be for us every day to pray, to pray for uh, this uh, COVID to go away and to, for more and more people to uh, to live. But today we want to hold up this Eucharist to all the unborn. We welcome all baptized believers to receive the body and blood of Christ. This, this is the table of the Lord that's made ready for those who love him and those who want to love him more. Come if you have much faith. Come if you have little. You who've been here often and you haven't been here long, you who tried to follow, you who have failed, you come because it's the Lord who invites you. It's his will that those who want him should meet him right here, come to the table. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. Lift up your heart. We lift them up to the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right to give him thanks and praise. Because, O oh Lord, you are the creator and the giver of life. We as your children eagerly anticipate the revealing of your crowning glory to the entire world. And so with all the choir of angels in heaven, we proclaim your glory and we join in their unending hymn of praise. Holy, holy, holy Lord, God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Lord, you are holy indeed. The fountain of all holiness, let your Holy Spirit come upon these gifts and make them holy, that they may become for us the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. Before he was given up to death, a death he freely accepted, he took bread. He gave you thanks, he broke it, he gave it to his disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body which is given for you, do this for the remembrance of me. When supper was ended, he took the cup. Again, he gave you thanks and praise. He gave the cup to his disciples and said, Drink this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Whenever you drink it, do this for the remembrance of me. Let us proclaim the mystery of our faith. Christ has died, Christ is risen, and Christ will come again. In memory of his death and resurrection, we offer you, Father, this life-giving bread, this saving cup. We thank you for counting us worthy to stand in your presence and serve you. May all of us who share in the body and blood of Jesus be brought together in unity by the Holy Spirit. Lord, remember your church throughout the world. Make us grow together in love with our patriarch Craig, our Bishop Douglas, and all the clergy. Remember those for whom we now pray. Connie, Susan, Carl, Serena, Naomi, Rachel, Nadia, Kyle, Sonia, Maria, 
Sandra, Karen, Tammy, Kyla, Father David and Darcy, Bishop Davidson, the Majeski family, the Jones family, Gage, Pamela, Barbara, Catherine, the Marines and sailors of Camp Pendleton, and all those who serve in our armed forces. You can add the names of the people you're praying for. Draw hearts to remember the poor and broken. As we receive the body and blood of Jesus, may we be transformed to become the body of Christ to the world. Have mercy on us all. Make us worthy to share eternal life with the apostles, martyrs, and all the saints. May we praise you in union with them and give you glory through your Son, Jesus Christ. By him, with him, and in him, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all honor and glory is yours, Almighty Father, now and forever. Amen. Amen. Jesus taught us to call God our Father, and so we have the courage to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Hallelujah, Christ, our Passover is sacrificed for us. Therefore, let us keep the feast. Hallelujah. O Lamb of God, you take away the sins of the world. Have mercy upon us. O Lamb of God, you take away the sins of the world. Have mercy upon us. O Lamb of God, you take away the sins of the world. The gifts of God for the people of God, take them in remembrance that Christ died for you and feed on them in your heart with thanksgiving. Blessed are those who are called to his supper.
accepted us as living members of your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. And you have fed us with spiritual food in the sacrament of his body and blood. 
Send us now into the world in peace and grant us strength and courage to love and serve you with gladness and singleness of heart through Christ our Lord. Amen. Say, Michael, the archangel, defend us in the battle and be our protection against the wickedness and the snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all evil spirits who wander through the world seeking the ruin of our souls. Remember the gospel. God was in Christ Jesus reconciling the world himself, not counting men's sins against them. He loves us. He's forgiven us. He's not mad at us. And he'll never leave us. He'll never forsake us. And the blessings of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be amongst you. Remain with you always. Amen. Amen. The giants fall, for fear cannot survive when we praise you. The God of breakthroughs on our side, forever lift him high. With all creation cry, God, we praise you. Oh, we praise you. This is what living looks like. This is what freedom feels like. This is what heaven sounds like. We praise you. We praise you. This is what living looks like. This is what freedom feels like. This is what.